So Shauna, I'm watching this new comedy show on um, FX and it's called What We Do in the Shadows and it's a mockumentary about vampires. So it's pretty funny. And there's this one character who isn't a blood-sucking vampire, but they're an energy vampire. And it made me think about those people who are so resistant to diversity, equity, and inclusion work that they just exhaust you. (laughs) Oh, yes. They're sucking all the life and energy out of us on a daily basis, right? (laughs) So, okay, this is a new show. I I really want to hear all about this show. I'm Dr. Shauna Payne-Gold, and I go by she, her, her pronouns. And I'm Dr. Lisa Ingefield, and I go by she, her, hers. Welcome to Unfazed, a podcast to disrupt your normal and challenge your brain to go the distance. Whether you're competing in a triathlon or swimming to challenge yourself, Orca has fit for purpose swimwear designed to meet your needs. Innovation has always been part of Orca's DNA. And when it came to the development of their new triathlon wetsuits, a wide range of skill levels and different types of triathletes were taken into account. Whether you're looking for maximum flexibility, maximum buoyancy, or somewhere in between, Orca wetsuits are designed to help you achieve better performance in the water. It is performance made simple. For 15% off all items at orca.com, use the code IRONWOMEN15. Whether you run, ride, hike, or swim, you understand what it means to push harder, reach farther, and go the extra mile. This relentless drive runs in your blood. That's why Inside Tracker provides you with a personalized plan to build endurance, boost energy, and optimize your health for the long haul. Created by leading scientists in aging genetics and biometrics, Inside Tracker analyzes your blood, DNA, and fitness tracking data to identify where you're optimized and where you're not. I love the meal recommendations that come with the analysis. It prompted me to add salmon into my meal rotations, and I am loving it. For a limited time, you can get 20% off the entire Inside Tracker store. Just go to insidetracker.com forward slash feisty. That's insidetracker.com forward slash feisty, and then use the code feisty at checkout. Okay, so yeah, there are these vampires that have been around for hundreds and hundreds of years, and they live, the, you know, they live in now in 2021. And so it's kind of covering all of their antics. And um, the one of the vampires, Colin, I think his name is, is this energy vampire. So the way that he draws energy, so which is his feeding, right, is that he will bore people. So, you know, he's in an office environment and he goes cube to cube and starts talking about things that are just very dry and very boring. And that is his <laughs> way of sucking energy from the other person. Um, and so, you know, so then he's, you know, no longer hungry. And I just, I think about that in, in this context, right. In endurance sport, when you're trying to keep the momentum going, and we've talked about momentum, um, before, and yet you just get tired because there are these one or two people that you feel like you're banging a, your head against the wall, but Oh yeah. You don't stop banging your head against the wall, right? Like there's no um, recognition that maybe this is, this person is a lost cause at this moment in time. 
Right, right, right. Well, you know, exactly. They're a lost cause at this moment. You realize that you're expending more energy than you really have to give. And as a result, what ends up happening is it's a diversion, really, because the people that are interested in doing the work and they are interested in learning more and they've kind of primed the pump to hear what you have to say, we're completely neglecting those folks to pour energy into a lost cause in many ways. And so, you know, how do we get past that point or, or is there even a point of recognition where we recognize that this person at the moment is a lost cause and therefore it's up to me to figure out what to do with my energy at this moment? Because mm-hmm. this person is going to keep, mm-hmm. they are going to be resistant and the more they resist, the more they're sucking the energy out of me and I have to now make mm-hmm. a decision what I'm going to do with my own energy. Yeah. I think we have tons of people like that in our lives. Yes. Yes. Often family members. <laughs> um, yes, 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 yeah. yes. So how do you, so then it's a boundary setting thing, right? So how mm. do you set a boundary? You know, you're super passionate about keeping this conversation going in endurance sport, but there's this one person who's on mm. the leadership board of your tri club and they just won't budge. Right. And so Mm -hmm. you really feel like it is your job to get that person to come over to your side of things. Right, right, right. Well, and I I love what you mentioned previously, because let's connect the two. Both family members and that person on your tri-club board, whoever, those are people that you probably won't get away from very often. You know, you're going to have all those regular encounters with that family member. You're going to have those regular encounters with that person in your tri-club. And so, you know, I think part of it is the recognition of, yes, I'm taking this on as my responsibility, but let's, you know, query down into that a little bit more. Why am I personally taking this on? Do I have anybody to back me up as I'm doing it? Do I have anyone to even tag team where when I'm completely tapped out, the other person can tap right in? Like there there has to be some kind of energy preserving strategy to, through, around, over, under those people, uh, because they're going to be there. And they are just as entrenched and just as committed to their causes as we are. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so when do we make decisions that not, not only are they not going to continue to suck energy out of us, but we're not going to put our energy on a silver platter and hand it over to them either. Because sometimes we right. do that where we're just, we're giving it to them and, and we're mm. not letting up, we're giving it to them. And so it's kind of like, it reminds me of whether it's training or during an actual race, why are you running your 5k pace when you know, this is a marathon, like that just makes no sense at all. And so we have to make decisions that, uh, okay, I need to plan a seat or two with this person, but move on. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And we've talked about passing the torch, right? A few episodes ago that um, Mm -hmm. this work is difficult and people burn out on it. And so, you know, you need to make sure that there are other people around you, like you said, who you can tag team with or you can pass the torch to. But this is a more specific thing, right? This is getting sucked into the vortex that is the one person (laughs) that you can't persuade, the one person that is like unrelenting in their mm-hmm. um, position, even to the point maybe where they say, you know, this is cancel culture. You're trying to cancel oh. me. Oh, right? yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, and, and that's so <laughs> that's interesting, too, because, you know, cancel culture is used often when it's most convenient. So when it's a time mm-hmm. where someone feels as if they're not being heard 
or there's some people, and look, you are the guru on communication. I certainly am not. But I, I recall many conversations where a person thinks, oh, well, you must not understand me if you don't agree with me. Whereas, no, I do understand mm-hmm, you 100% mm-hmm. and I still don't agree with you. Therefore, I have to create a boundary now. Um, and so, you know, with that, I think I, I've, I've read enough to know that cancer, cancel culture is questionable in and of itself. Like there are true, right. truly people that are, whether they're commentators or actual DEI scholars that say it's not a thing, right? And so if cancel culture is not a thing, then what exactly are we trying to accomplish with the idea of cancel mm-hmm. culture? Mm-hmm. And for me, I think it's both the accountability of when people harm groups or harm me or harm another individual. So the accountability piece, but also then the boundaries too of, no, I'm not allowing you to speak this way in my presence, or I'm not allowing you to speak this Mm -hmm. way in Mm -hmm. this other person's presence who is directly Mm -hmm. affected by your words or your actions. So I think we need to dig deeper into what does cancel culture accomplish? What is it meant to accomplish? I'm not quite sure. I, I need to do a little more reading, but I, I do think that we kind of throw it around willy nilly without really knowing what we're trying to get at with that word. Yeah, I mean, I don't really think cancel culture is a thing. Um, I think mm-hmm. it's used by people who are not used to being called on their shit, right? So, um, you know, as Sugar soon honey as iced I tea again, y'all. Sugar <laughs> honey iced tea. <laughs> as soon as um, you know, I feel threatened in some way, or you know, my kind of Um, reasoning or thought process or what I believe to be capital T truth is challenged. Therefore, I'm going to throw out cancel culture um, and put it under this guise of freedom of Mm. speech and Mm -hmm. everyone's opinion is equally valid, right? And I don't agree that everyone's opinion is equally valid. Like if you're hurling racist slurs, that opinion is not valid, right? And so me asking you to stop, um, is not me canceling you. Right. And I, right. I, yeah, I just, I think it's a tool that's been used by the right to shut down the left um, because mm. progressives have started to call people on the right on their shit in a much more explicit way. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's more direct, it's more personal, it's more, um, <laughs> how can I say? I, I think the people that are most, uh, frustrated with cancel culture are also the people that are most fragile in certain areas. Mm. So for, so for example, I, uh, this is just a theory. I don't know if this is true or not, but from my experience, I think that people who are already oppressed in certain groups yet are willing to learn more about other oppressed groups receive the criticism and the accountability more readily because they've done it to other people. Mm. Whereas if you've never been held accountable for anything and you have the privilege of never holding, never holding anyone else accountable for anything, then you are one of the most fragile. And so mm-hmm. if you're that fragile and every time someone calls you on anything, not only are you, you know, you could feel a, a plethora of different feelings. You could feel embarrassed, what have you, but it's kind of the, the double entendre. It's the not only, oh my God, I've made a misstep or I've been offensive and someone's called me out on it. It's the both mm. and. And so I'm choosing to be more offended up by you calling me out on it because that deflects from what I did yeah. to what you are doing. Yes. And that's more comfortable for me. Oh yeah. How dare you tell me that I misspoke or how dare you tell me that I use the wrong pronouns or, you know, it, it then becomes 
intent impact once again it just becomes a mess because mm-hmm. accountability is uncomfortable to people who have never experienced it or rarely experience it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah and it's like they're throwing the kitchen sink at you right so then it's um <laughs> you're right right it, right and, and you know bringing us back to the energy suck the energy vampire it's it's a tool to avoid um that discomfort that we've talked about, right? Like the the accusation of this isn't safe or this is cancel culture or some mm-hmm. version thereof. Right, right. It, yeah, it's a, it just continues to suck energy because then you're like, so now you're not only having to make the point around the thing that you did or didn't do is problematic. You're now also having to address cancel culture, this kind of cultural phenomenon so then you've got two things going on, right? And so your energy is being zapped at like double the pace. Oh, yes. Oh, yes, absolutely. Well, and so then, okay, so I, I feel like I wish everyone could see the visual of me pointing in both directions at the same time simultaneously. It's like, okay, you can't have your front wheel going forward and your back wheel going backwards at the same time and get somewhere. You, you just can't. So what direction are we going in here? And I think that's where the frustration comes in is that you can't do this everywhere all the time with everyone. And I don't want this mm-hmm. to sound like after, you know, umpteen episodes of this podcast that Lisa and I are throwing cold water on allyship. That ain't what's, ha- what's happening here at all. It's, it's more so being, being more of a sniper than a spray BB gun, if you will. Like you have to figure out what are the most important points that you want to target in your day even as, you know, folks that do this full time, Lisa and I have to think through what am I going to invest my time in at the moment? And what am I not going to invest my time in? Not that we care any less, not that we don't see it, not that we're, you know, turning away from what we've witnessed, but what we're simply saying is that we have to manage our energy. And so if I've spent 10 hours on the job all day doing DEI work, and then I see something slightly ridiculous at the playground with my boys, I can't unsee it. I have this superpower thing called DEI where I literally can't unsee it, but I have a choice as to whether I'm going to do something about it then or not, because I may not have any energy at the moment, or I may, may need my energy to come back to the office and do something much bigger in regards to what I saw. And so I have to be responsible for my own energy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think that's where you know, especially anyone that's really excited and enthusiastic about this work now, even as they're discovering it or gaining their momentum, is that they're excited and they want to address everyone all the time, everywhere, in every situation. Yeah. yeah. You know, if you're at the grocery store and somebody cuts in line in front of someone in a wheelchair, you got to act to. If you're at work and you see someone, I get it. You're excited about what you're doing. That's great. And keep that excitement going on. But at some point, this is why most people that do DEI work full time have some type of fatigue where the turnover gets very real. And so it happens more quickly. And so how do we make those ongoing energy decisions? Because they happen all around us all the time. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, it's kind of like in a race, right? You're making decisions about how are you going to expend your energy, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, in the swim and the bike and the run, or if you're on a cycling course and it's hilly, right. You have to think about how can you be most efficient with your energy so that you have the power at the point that you need the power. Um, you know, you don't hammer Mm -hmm. a hilly course a hundred percent, right. You've got a plan. (laughs) Right. 
Exactly. Exactly. And, and I think that's the challenge though, is that if you're either new to the DEI space or just very enthusiastic about it, folks are attacking everything in, in the best of ways. I mean, <laughs> where they don't know what, like, even when, you know, I'm thinking about my swim pace, well, my pace for, you know, a seven mile swim is not going to be the same thing as my sprint swim. It's just not. And so what's my fast pace? What's my all day pace? What's my slow pace and figure it out. Because I think we have to get folks to a place of sophistication where they know what deserves energy right now. So if we, let's throw back to the beginning. And this is something that we, we talk about when we talk about momentum as well. Let's throw back to George Floyd and pull it forward. We could go back further than that. We know we're not pinning everything on George Floyd, but just as an example for the year. Let's say that I've spent the lion's share of my energy because I, like I read an article the other week where the woman who actually witnessed the George Floyd murder, she expended a lot of energy witnessing that, filming that, determining what she was going to do in response to what she witnessed. Um, mm. She's probably dealing with some pressure. She even mentioned some things about um, obviously her mental health and, and going to a therapist and lots of other things going on, expending a lot of energy there. Now, a year later, she has to make decisions as to what is she now going to do? Because as you can probably imagine in the moment, that's a ton of energy, a ton of it. it you're witnessing it. It is right there in front of your face. So now if she intends to still keep her energy going in the same direction of, um, you know, human rights, Black Lives Matter, um, resisting against police brutality, then what's going to be the amount of energy? Is it now going to be a slow drip a year later, but still a drip? Is she going to change course where now she has an entire, and I don't know her experience at this point, but will she have a new career where now she drops whatever she's been doing and now she focuses on civil rights or she has options mm. as to how she wants to live out the experience of witnessing the George Floyd murder. And we all have to do something similar, not to that point of egregiousness, unless you've witnessed something that heinous, but how do you choose to expend your energy? And that's tough, but mm -hmm. it, it is something that we need to be intentional about. I think it, it's yeah. not going to happen naturally. Yeah. And avoiding those energy vampires, right? Those potholes, I think. Um, I've definitely <laughs> yeah. been in spaces where like someone said something and then I'm thinking, I like the hamster wheel is going in my head. And I'm like, if I step forward into this, is the ground going to give way? And I'm just going to get yeah, sucked yeah. in and it's not going to be good. So do I stay back or do I step forward? And so, you know, sometimes I've made the right choice or I guess the right choice is dependent on context and perspective, but sometimes mm. I've fallen through the ground and sometimes I haven't, um, you know, and you yeah. don't always know that, but if you're going toe to toe with the same person in your organization, you know, every lunch, every meeting, then I think that is an indicator to you that um, it's just not worth your time and energy at this moment in time. Right. That doesn't mean to say mm. that this person is forever a lost cause, but mm. you, um, should perhaps think about putting your energy elsewhere where you have folks who are more receptive. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I think, and th this keeps sending me back to boundaries rather than cancel culture. And so what I mean, what I mean by that is, so let me give you an example. Um, I was interviewing someone for a position 
And this person, uh, we gave them a scenario and asked them a question about how had they dealt with someone who was resistant or someone who, mm-hmm. um, you know, was problematic in the organization and how did they maneuver to through around them. And it now it didn't help that this person had a, a law background. So obviously they're used to making their point. They're used to doing their research. You know, I'm not vilifying being, being you know, well-studied, well-researched and, you know, standing your ground, of course. But what was really interesting about that was the candidate mentioned going back and forth, back and forth multiple times on this particular topic around, I believe it was police brutality, but don't quote me on that. Um, but they went back and forth on a DEI issue. And as I'm listening to the story unfold, I said, no, th- this isn't the right person for the job. Um, and not because they weren't well-versed in DEI, not because they weren't a leader. They clearly were a leader. It was that as I listened to that situation, I'm thinking to myself, this person is going to have multiple similar situations like that on a daily basis. And the fact that this person spent two hours Mm. crafting uh, verbatim emails to an individual out of their workday, that person literally will have, will not have enough time in their workday to do that. And so this person did not show me that they had the wherewithal to make some decisions around how to expend their energy. And so when they asked me, what did I think about the candidate? That, that was one thing yeah. that, that was not helpful at all. And I'm thinking mm-hmm. to myself, goodness gracious. I mean, look, if I needed somebody to have my back, this would be the first person. I mean, absolutely. Would argue it all the way down with facts, evidence, and research. However, this person would be so exhausted that they wouldn't have enough right. energy to get up and do it again. And, and I think we're looking for people who can do this on a certain level repeatedly forever. <laughs> yeah. For, for as long as possible. Yeah. And, you know, we've, we've talked about self-care and mental health on this podcast, and this is something a little different, I think, um, that we're trying to get at here. Um, and cause you're going to run into folks who will just rile you up on purpose, right? There's also <laughs> yes. those people that will say a thing because they know it will trigger you into action. I mean, I've definitely been in that situation and they're enjoying it, right? So they're sucking your energy and they're enjoying it. <laughs> so, you know, you've got a whole cadre of people who are going to take your energy for different reasons. And I think what we're trying to say is, you know, don't essentially don't get sucked into that, right? Make, make some choices about where that energy is going to go and at yeah. what time it's going to go. Because, you know, then, well, then you have nothing left for even for self-care, right? <laughs> if you've oh, just been goodness, tapped dry. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And so, you know, right. Figuring out when you need to expend it, why you need to expend it. And I think that will keep more of us in the fight for much longer versus, you know, these one and done type things. You know, it's like, you know, that burnout where it's, you know, give me one good argument or discussion and then that's a wrap like Mm -hmm. for weeks Mm -hmm. (laughs) because you've given everything you got to a person who then took your energy you can't see any positive outcomes from it. And you're right. the only one that's depleted. Yeah. yeah. They have, I mean, it's like, it's almost like a mosquito type of thing. Oh <laughs> I mean, you know, it, it's just ridiculous. It's ridiculous. So I'm loving the, the vampire inner, uh, imagery that you've given us because you're right. They are taking energy away with nothing in return. And that's a problem. At least when I'm putting energy on into my swim or on my bike, I can see myself getting somewhere. 
we can't see ourselves necessarily right. getting somewhere right. with someone that's literally that entrenched. We, we cannot, and, and it may be sowing some seeds at some point, we don't know, but if someone's not willing to move an inch, a centimeter even, even as far as, and, and I think this is kind of a, a double issue too, Lisa, around, are we challenging them in the content that we're talking about and in the way that we're engaging with them about it? Because there's some people that are staunchly against whatever content you're trying to mm-hmm. talk about, mm-hmm. but some people are just simply staunchly against talking about it at, at all or having any engagement at all. And those are two parallel topics where they're, they're mm. pissed off that we're still talking about Black Lives Matter, but they're also pissed off that, that we want to have an engagement or a dialogue rather than an argument where someone debates and wins. Yeah. So yeah. both of those can be energy sucking at the same time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure. And, yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. No, no. I was for that. I'm just like, you know, how do we moderate that energy? Because we're connected to them in some way for a, a certain period of time. How do we at least disconnect even at periodic points? How do we do that? I'm, I don't have a good answer for you. No. And I, it is a negotiation. Right. And you're certainly going to be encountering people in your organization, um, in your club who are who have moved on. Right. The, the Great Awakening was a momentary experience of, quote, unquote, wokeness for them. And now they don't really mm-hmm. want to engage anymore because, you know, Black Lives Matter was so yesterday. Yeah, absolutely. Well, there are still some people that think that the, the Black Lives Matter movement of 2020 was the first movement of Black Lives Matter when we right. know it was not. You know, so that's not the first time. So. Yeah, I, I just think that, you know, we have to get really clear on identifying, like, hopefully this podcast has helped people to more quickly identify the vampires so they don't have as much time to suck the energy out of them, you know, because right. we have to moderate our energy, you know, mm-hmm. whether it's DEI energy, obviously endurance sport is all about energy conservation and how can we expend it mm-hmm. in certain ways at certain times. How can we do that all the time, especially when it comes right. to DEI work? We just have to, we have to moderate for that. And if not, what then happens is that we, we burn out very quickly and, and, you know, mm-hmm. burn out from a mental health perspective, burn out from a DEI perspective, burn out from an endurance sport perspective. It cuts across all of our identities mm-hmm. um, that burnout is still very real in all those ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, And just, you know, kind of working on not how not to rise to the bait, right. Which is hard. Mm. And I definitely am not an expert at that, but you Mm -hmm. know, cause these, these vampires, these energy vampires are not immediately identifiable, but you do, you know, they are, once you've gone a few rounds with them, like six weeks (laughs) in a row, then I think it's clear that they're an energy vampire. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. So, you know, not being able to say, okay, I'm going to let this one go. Um, which is yeah. really hard when you're very excited and you want everyone mm-hmm. to think the way you do around some of these issues, um, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and I, I just, it's like, what hill do you want to die on? <laughs> right. <laughs> Essentially. Right. Cause then right. your energy, if you've got zero energy, then that's, you know, mm-hmm. you're not mm-hmm. useful. Um, you're not useful right. to your family, to your friends, to your training, right? Like DEI aside, mm-hmm. um, 
you know, mm-hmm. when you've had a crappy day at work and you come home and you're like, oh my God, I have like nothing to give. Right. <laughs> you know, right. You don't right. want to be feeling like that in your off time as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. You don't want to. And, and here's the thing. I, I know very little about vampires, but what I do know is that they literally take the living vitality from someone who has energy. Mm-hmm. They take it and the problem becomes they continue to live while we don't. Yeah. At yeah. its very basic core is that they continue to live. And that's the exact opposite of what we're trying to do. And not to say right. that I'm smiting anyone or saying I don't want somebody to live. That's not what I'm saying. From, from an analogy perspective is that there are some ideas we want to die. But as we give energy and it's not useful, those ideas continue mm-hmm. to live. And in fact, the whole point is to kind of um, distract us from doing the work that we need to do. Right. And so how do we make sure that the vampires don't continue to suck our energy and distract us from the real work? Because there might be, you know, think about your organization, your tri club, your job, wherever you might be. There might be one or two vampires that are trying to suck the energy out of you, but then there are 80 to 100 other people that are excited and have energy to give and share. Why are we not focused on those folks? Right. So, right. you know, I, I think that's another piece mm-hmm. of the puzzle is, you know, see that vampire for, for who they really are and what their purpose is. Their purpose mm-hmm. is to suck energy from you and to distract you from the real work. And that's what we don't want to happen. Yeah, that distraction piece is a really important point, I think. And then be ready for things like cancel culture, um, discrimination, mm-hmm. um, you, my freedom of speech rights, you know, those kinds of things are going to get hurled at you by vampires, I think. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Oh, so that, that might be a topic for another day, Lisa, is to uh, identify the distracting language that's used by vampires. <laughs> yeah, we're really going down energy. this vampire rabbit hole, aren't we? <laughs> I know, I know, I know. But this, look, this sounds like a good show. I think I want to log off and, uh, and go watch this show now that you've gotten me all into it. Um, <laughs> But yeah, the, we, we got to see vampires, where they are, when they show up. Um, and and what's the, what was the name of the show again, Lisa? What We Do in the Shadows. Uh, well, I think, you know, bringing it full circle, let's shine the light on vampires. I hear vampires don't like uh, daylight too much. Yeah. Unfazed, a podcast produced by Live Feisty Media and supported by the Outspoken Women in Triathlon Summit. Edited and produced by the fabulous Lindsay Glassford. Email us at info at unfazedpodcast.com and find us on social at try to defy at Dr. Gold Speaks or at Outspoken Women in Try. I'm Lisa. I'm Shauna. Thanks for listening. Stay unfazed, folks. See you next time.